Welcome to the Super Sleuth Podcast, presented by the Frostburg State University Children's Literature Center. Get ready to time travel with your hosts, Bill and Cameron, and use your detective skills to identify our mystery famous person. We'll give you 10 clues about our famous person, plus we'll give you the meanings of three vocabulary words related to our famous person. Using the 10 clues and three vocabulary words, can you identify our mystery famous person? Be sure to listen all the way through our podcast because Bill and Cameron will also have a special segment involving superheroes and will tell you all about an awesome new book. If you like our podcast, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud. Are you ready to have fun? Let's start the Super Sleuth Podcast. Welcome. Cameron, are you ready? I am ready. Let's talk a little bit about our last episode. And the mystery person was? Temple Grandin. You're right. And the book that we used for reference was Who is Temple Grandin by Patricia Demuth. Let's talk about vocabulary. I'll do the first one. The words we were looking for the last time, which are in the clues. The first one was a noun, and the definition was a thick, porridge especially made of cornmeal and the word is mush the next word was a noun and the definition is a specialist who studies the nervous system and its diseases and that word was a neurologist and the third and last vocabulary we were working for was also a noun And it was an area or building where cattle are fed or fattened up. And the word is feedlot. And I know, Cameron, you had a superhero the last time. Who, want to give us the clues first and tell us who it was? Uh, Yeah, the clues were he is, can turn himself small and fit in the tiny spaces. And the superhero was none other than Ant-Man. And now it's time for the clues for this episode 10. Cameron is going to begin. Clue number one. I was born in my grandmother's house in Atchison, Kansas on July 24th, 1897. At the age of seven, I was considered the bravest kid on my block after building my own roller coaster on a shed in the backyard and later narrowly escaping serious injury on a sled by guiding it between a horse's legs. Clue number one. I was born in my grandmother's house in Atchison, Kansas on July 24th, 1897. At the age of seven, I was considered the bravest kid on my block after building my own roller coaster on a shed in the backyard and later narrowly escaping serious injury on a sled by guiding it between a horse's legs. Clue number two. My teenage years were difficult because my father couldn't keep a job and the family split up. My mother took my sister and I to Chicago where we lived in a rooming house and I went to Hyde Park High School. I was a good student, a good athlete. Clue number two, my teenage years were difficult because my father couldn't keep a job and the family split up. My mother took my sister and I to Chicago where we lived in a rooming house and I went to Hyde Park High School. I was a good student, a good athlete. Clue number three, 
Clue number three. Upon graduation, I attended Ognots, a private girls' school in Pennsylvania, where I was influenced by Mrs. Sutherland, the principal. She was an independent woman interested more in her career than a husband. Clue number three. Upon graduation, I attended Ocknots, a private girls' school in Pennsylvania, where I was influenced by Mrs. Sutherland, the principal. She was an independent woman more interested in her career than a husband. Clue number four. In 1917, my second year at Agons, I wrote the motto, Honors the Foundation of Courage. After visiting my sister Christmas break in Toronto, I decided to stay there and train to be a nurse's aide and care for the soldiers wounded in World War I. Clue number four. In 1917, my second year at Agons, I wrote the motto, Honor is the Foundation of Courage. After visiting my sister at Christmas break in Toronto, I decided to stay there and train to be a nurse's aide and care for the soldiers wounded in World War I. Clue number five. After the war was over, I returned to the United States and enrolled at Columbia University for a brief time. I was searching for a career but couldn't decide on the right one. Then on Christmas Day, 1920, at the age of 23, I attended an air show in California and was fascinated by pilots racing one another and their incredible tricks like wing walking. <laughs> Clue number five. After the war was over, I returned to the United States and enrolled at Columbia University for a brief time. I was searching for a career but couldn't decide on the right one. Then on Christmas Day, 1920, at the age of 23, I attended an air show in California and was fascinated by pilots racing one another and their incredible tricks like wing walking. Clue number six. In the 1920s, there were airports with no runways. Planes took off from big, empty fields. Three days after the air show, I took my first airplane ride, and I knew I was going to become a pilot. Netta Shook, a woman pilot just 24, taught me to fly, including how to repair airplanes. Clue number six. In the 1920s, there were airports with no runways. Planes took off from big, empty fields. Three days after the air show, I took my first airplane ride, and knew I was going to become a pilot. Netta Shook, a woman pilot, just 24, taught me to fly, including how to repair airplanes. Clue number seven. In less than a year, I brought a small plane and named it Canary and passed the test to become a pilot. My new instructor, Monte Miho, who flew in the Army, did stunt work in the movies, taught me to do tricks in the air like upside-down loops. I also set the record for flying the highest, 14,000 feet. <laughs> Clue number seven. In less than a year, I bought a small plane and named it Canary and passed the test to become a pilot. My new instructor, Monte Miho, who flew in the Army, did stunt work in the movies, 
taught me how to do tricks in the air like upside down loops. I also set the record for flying the highest, 14,000 feet. Clue number eight. Realizing I could not make a living flying, I returned to New York in 1924 and accepted a position teaching poor young children and flying on weekends. After Charles Lindbergh's 1927 historic solo flight across the Atlantic, George Putnam, a publisher, convinced me to be an unpaid passenger in a plane which undertook this transatlantic flight. It was extremely dangerous. Previously, 14 people died, including three women attempting it. Clue number eight. Realizing I could not make a living flying, I returned to New York in 1924 and accepted a position teaching poor young children and flying on weekends. After Charles Lindbergh's 1927 historic solo flight across the Atlantic Ocean, George Putnam, a publisher, convinced me to be an unpaid passenger in a plane which would undertake this transatlantic flight. It was extremely dangerous. Previously, 14 people died, including three women attempting it. Clue number nine. In 1928, our plane, the Friendship, left Boston and was grounded into Canada because of bad weather for days. And we finally landed in South Wales 20 hours and 40 minutes after leaving the Canadian coast. I was the first woman to fly across the pond. Clue number nine. In 1928, our plane, the Friendship, left Boston and was grounded into Canada because of bad weather for days. And we finally landed in South Wales 20 hours and 40 minutes after leaving the Canadian coast. I was the first woman to fly across the pond. Clue number 10. I became an instant hero who was sought after speeches and interviews. I became an editor for Cosmopolitan magazine, writing a column about aviation. However, my heart was not in being a celebrity. It was in flying, racing, and setting records. Clue number 10. I became an instant hero who was sought after for speeches and interviews. I became an editor for Cosmopolitan magazine, writing a column about aviation. However, my heart was not in being a celebrity. It was in racing, flying, and setting records. Clue number 11. In 1929, I finished third in the Women's Air Derby and helped start a new airline. A year later, I set three new records for speed. I became the first woman alone to fly across the Atlantic in 1932, and the first person to fly solo from the mainland United States to Hawaii. Clue number 11. In 1929, I finished third in the Women's Air Derby and helped start a new airline. A year later, I set three new records for speed. I became the first woman alone to fly across the Atlantic in 1932 and the first person to fly solo from the mainland United States to Hawaii. Clue number 12. 
1937, I embarked on an around-the-world journey with my navigator, Fred Noonan. We flew over 40 hours and 4,000 miles in the first week, flying over the Atlantic and crossing into Africa. Within three weeks, we had flown 20,000 miles in 135 hours, and I was exhausted. The last 7,000 miles was over the Pacific Ocean, where I lost radio contact on July the 2nd at 8.45. Who am I? Clue number 12. In 1937, I embarked on an around-the-world journey with my navigator, Fred Noonan. We flew over 40 hours and 4,000 miles in the first week, flying over the Atlantic and crossing into Africa. Within three weeks, we had flown 20,000 miles in 135 hours, and I was exhausted. The last 7,000 miles was over the Pacific Ocean, where I lost radio contact on July the 2nd at 8.45. Who am I? And now we're ready for vocabulary words, and Cameron's going to start us. It's his favorite word. It is my favorite word. The first word is a noun, and it means a acrobatic stunt performed on the wings of an airborne aircraft performed as an entertainment. The first vocabulary word is a noun. And it means an acrobatic stunt performed on the wings of an air of an airborne cr- aircraft performed as an entertainment. The second vocabulary word, and remember, all these words are in your clues. We're looking for an adjective, which the definition of which is crossing the Atlantic Ocean. The second vocabulary word is an adjective, and which is defined as crossing the Atlantic Ocean. The last vocabulary word is a noun, and the definition is famous person. The last vocabulary word is a noun, and the definition is famous person. And now we're ready for a superhero, the last of the season. Yeah, the last one. All right, so the superhero for our last episode, he is a character from the Star Wars franchise, And this character has a bald head and uses a purple lightsaber. Those are your clues. Wow. Character with a bald head and uses a lightsaber? Yeah, a purple lightsaber. Oh, purple. Yeah, it's purple, you know. It's very unique. Great. Since this is our last episode, let's talk a little bit about what you're going to do to make sure people don't have to remember this for the next three months. So, if you would like to get in contact with us or listen to any of the previous episodes, you can find us on SoundCloud by searching CLC SuperSleuth. Or, if you go to Google or Bing or any search engine, if you search CLC SuperSleuth, you will find us. Um, We're also on Apple Music, and we're also on Spotify Podcasts, and we're also on... Uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So if you just Google search us, you can find us that way. Um, Also, if you go to www.frostburg.edu and into the search bar, if you type in CLC, um, Super Sleuth, you will also find us that way. So there's a couple different ways for you to find us. If you would like to get in contact with us before we release our first episode of the new season, you can send us an email at frostburgclc at gmail.com. 
And I'll repeat that again. Our email is frostbergclc at gmail.com. And you can also get in contact with us. If you listen to us on SoundCloud, you can also send us a message on SoundCloud as well. Thank you, Cameron. That was excellent. We want to thank everyone for listening. This, this has been a great season for us. And in another week or so, you're going to put the answers to this week's episode? Yes. So the answers to um, this season's last episode will be available two weeks after I upload it. So you'll be able to get the answers in two weeks. Thanks for everyone for listening and have a great spring and summer. It's been fun, Super Sleuths. Now make sure to submit your answers to who you believe is our mystery famous person and the three vocabulary words. Also, be sure to look for future episodes of the Super Sleuth podcast on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our SoundCloud page. Please join Bill and Cameron again for more time traveling. And in the meantime, great job, Super Sleuths. Super Sleuths.